0: Welcome to the Strengthened by Stories podcast, where we come together as friends to connect and share our life's experiences to ensure we know we're not alone on this journey we call life. Whether these experiences are anticipated or unexpected, we focus on how we can choose to be strengthened amidst the circumstances that come our way. Thanks for joining us as we share relatable stories that can bring awareness and comfort to everyday life. I'm Janica Segrist. And I hope you'll stick around to be strengthened by stories. Hey everyone, I'm back. I'm jumping back into the podcast. Today I want to share my friend Melissa's story when she and her husband found out that their little girl had cerebral palsy and how they have learned to find a new normal. So I'm going to turn the time over to her and here we go.
1: All right. Okay, so it's Justin and I, and we met when we were teenagers. We weren't technically high school sweethearts, but we might as well have been, because we didn't start dating till right after graduation, but we might as well. <laughs> yeah. And then we got married in college up at Utah State, and Justin was studying electrical engineering, and he has a master's degree. And I was studying family and consumer science, and I have uh, my bachelor's degree in that. Justin works at Hiller for space. He works with, like, the nuclear missiles or something. It's all fancy, and I don't understand it, but he does, and he really likes that. And we have three girls. Bryn is five, and she's our oldest, and she was born while we were in college, and she is our daughter with cerebral palsy. And then we've got Kate, who is three, and she... Was born just as Justin was graduating with his bachelor's, and we moved when she was four days old, like an hour away, and it was chaos. But she's kind of one that rolls with the punches, so she has fed off that very well. So it worked. She's really smart and really busy and fun. Kind of the kid that has broken us into parenthood because spring was just such a different thing. That we didn't, we hadn't had the parent bring much, so Kate is our our bouncing board for that, um, and then Haley is our youngest. She just turned one and started walking, um, and she's our sassy one. She's sneaky, but she's also very sensitive. Um, and right now, she's everyone's favorite. She's kind of the the go-to favorite right now. <laughs> so that's us, kind of in a nutshell. So. Like to talk a little bit about Bryn's diagnosis and kind of like how that kind of came to be. Every family with special needs reacts and has their story happen differently, and so I feel like ours is kind of not bizarre, but it's different. It's it's not your normal. We didn't show up at the doctor's office, and they just like spilled everything out at us. I don't know, when you're around people with special needs, like, everyone has had such a different story. Ours is special to us because it's ours. So Bryn has spastic quadriplegic cerebral palsy, which just means that her cerebral palsy is a neurological disorder, where basically how I explain it is her head and her brain do not communicate with her body like normal. It's caused by brain damage just from the way her brain is formed. Um, And spastic means that like she's very, very tight, so when you see some people with cerebral palsy, they're very loose and floppy. Um, And that is her occasionally, but her general feeling is just kind of, she's always, like, tense and stretched. So that's what the spastic means, and then quadriplegic is just that it, like, it's her whole body. So all four limbs, when you hear of, like, a quadriplegic person, you think that they can't move their arms and their legs. Um, and she can move, but she is in a wheelchair. She doesn't walk by herself, things like that. And so just kind of a rundown of her, she, she's fed through a G tube because she can't swallow. And so we feed her everything through that and then we also do her meds that way. She has seizures because of the location of the brain damage or the abnormality of her brain. Um, so she has epilepsy and she has seizures like 10 to 15 a month. <laughs> Which sounds really drastic, but it's not nearly as scary as it could be. We kind of know when they're coming, we can kinda of sense it, she can kind of sense it.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah, and they're very short, like they're kind of fifteen seconds long. They're not you know, sometimes she'll have like a five minute one, but that's not the one. that's yeah. Nice. And so that's kind of those are her major things is the the wheelchair, the G tube. And the seizures. Um, she is nonverbal, which is hard because communication battles are really difficult. We've learned how to read her, but when she gets with new people, they don't really know what she wants or needs because she will try to tell you. (laughs) She's very, very happy and she's very healthy. She catches things like any other kid. You know, she's in kindergarten, so she picks stuff up at school, but generally she is very, very healthy and people at school just love her. She's. You know, the happy one they had in the hallway, people were really, really good. She doesn't realize she's different. <laughs> she doesn't realize that not everybody is in a wheelchair, like, that just doesn't face her, um, which is kind of a blessing in disguise because the world can be kind of cruel <laughs> to people who are different. Yeah. Um, so we're really glad for that. And our life does revolve a lot around her, um, just in how we, we schedule things and whatnot. And so the story I kind of wanted to tell was when, like, how we kind of found out and, like, what we went through when we found out that she had cerebral palsy. And so when she, she was born with, like, a normal delivery cold term, which is very abnormal for cerebral palsy. Usually kids are born prematurely or there's, like, a problem at delivery. Um, and brain doesn't fit that mold at all, which is kind of bizarre. But everything was normal. We didn't, She ate normally like a baby. She, you know, did everything. She learned how to smile. But at six months old, I started noticing that she wasn't rolling over and she wasn't crawling and, and I, you know, I had studied human development in college, so I kind of knew when things were supposed to happen. And I started noticing she was falling behind. So I mentioned it to her pediatrician, who we loved. And he kind of said, you know, she, she makes eye contact, she's very happy, let's just, let's not jump the gun. You know, I was a first-time mom, freaking out. And, and, uh, and so we waited, and then when I showed up to her nine-month appointment, nothing had changed. She hadn't gained any weight, she still wasn't rolling over, she didn't have any words, she wasn't eating baby food, things like that. And so then the doctor said, okay, well, let's let's get her in with early intervention and um, get her into a doctor for her children. And so, at that point, I was kind of like, "Oh, this is—that's kind of a major thing." And so I—he used a couple of words, and I was able to look up those words. And I—I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, it was something to do with the way that she moved—that she was very, you know, rigid in the way that she moved. And so I did some research, and and cerebral palsy popped up almost immediately. And cerebral palsy is very very common, like hmm. one in 600 or 700 kids is born with cerebral palsy. So there's a lot of people out there that have this in varying degrees. Um, Brin's is very severe, but some kids just walk around and they're limping.
0: That was one of my questions was, are all of them in wheelchairs or not? So
1: so no. Um, so Brin's, like I said, is quadriplegic, but there's like a paraplegic and a I think it's triplegic and monoplegic. And like, that's one, two, or three of the limbs are affected. So like some people, like you'll, you'll see like some people only have like their left side affected. Um, and so some people are just use crutches or like some kids. I have a friend who has a daughter who runs and walks and she just was very, very delayed in how she learned how to do things. So, like I said, Bryn's very severe on that scale, so it is quite varying. And so when we were looking it up, all of a sudden all of these things were coming at us. And my husband, when I asked him the biggest thing he remembers, he just remembers like grieving. Kind of what you imagine for your kids. Does that make sense? Yeah. All of a sudden it was like, well, we don't know if she'll just be a little late doing all these things or is she going to like be bed bound like we have no clue and we didn't even you know this was all before we went to the doctor we didn't know exactly what what was going on and so
0: but we felt just unexpected
1: yeah and we felt very like I said this is different in that we didn't show up to the doctor's office and they dropped the bomb on us we kind of walked into the doctor like here's our one-year-old who is not rolling, or crawling, or sitting on her own, like, she's happy that that's about it, like, you know, she wasn't talking, wasn't doing anything, and so it's funny because we still see the same doctors that we saw when she got diagnosed, and, and she remembers, the doctor actually told me this the last time we were there, so we walked in, and we were telling her about Brandon, and she said, you act like you know what she has, and I said, I think she has cerebral palsy and the doctor says so do I (laughs) which is kind of and so she tells people that this mom walked in and told her what she had and and I didn't know but that's just kind of what I felt fit and then they did like an MRI and all of these things to find out what exactly you know which part of the brain was affected and stuff like that and so we walked out of that appointment actually relieved, <laughs> which is very, very different. Um, you don't think walking out of an appointment where you find out your child's going to be physically disabled for the rest of their life, that you'd be relieved.
0: Mm-hmm. But like,
1: we had a starting point at that point that we could, okay, well, this is what we do next. And, you know, we switched the formula so that she was getting more calories and things like that. But yeah, there was that grief period where, you know, which we don't have that anymore, like we, that was kind of the initial thought, and now the things we grieve are like, oh, she's going to live with us, the best, yeah. or, you know what I mean? Or, oh, we always have to find babysitters that can handle if she has a seizure, or if she, you know, if her GT falls out, or things like that. And so, it kind of comes in ebbs and flows, I wouldn't say we feel bad for ourselves. As much anymore just because this is our norm and we have seen so many worse things happen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we have a lot of friends in this community of special needs parents where their kids are being life-lighted or at least they got cancer or, you know, and it, and it puts in this perspective that it's like, okay, if I had to choose something, this is a pretty decent one, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of an interesting take on like, where we're at
0: yeah I just I just have to relate I remember when she was born and she was happy she, she was the cutest her little happy, happy little girl she,
1: <laughs> she loves um she's in and like I said and she PE is like the highlight of the week she sits they they like to play red light green light with these 25 five-year-olds and they stand her or they sit her in her wheelchair behind the person who says red light green light and the kids run at her and she just thinks that they are the funnest thing yeah. on earth and I'm sure you remember her face just like exploding like <laughs> I bet. just she has no cares in the world Well, that would be <laughs> nice right
0: <laughs> yes and, that, and that's one
1: nice thing like I said she doesn't realize how hard her life really is you know and, and we probably take the brunt of that because we're the ones doing all the cares and all
0: that stuff but but yeah, you guys are amazing. That way, you know what I mean?
1: Like, we would rather do that than have her have to suffer
0: with all of that stuff. You know, she shouldn't have to worry about it. She's fine. <laughs> exactly. I can't believe she's five. I know. It's crazy. crazy. <laughs> what else would you be able to share with people who aren't going through this or might go through it in the future? Just kind of an outside perspective.
1: Um, I was kind thinking about that, and, you know, this is, you know, our normal is that we kind of go up in pace, and it takes us longer to, like, load in and out of the car, and we have more appointments, but that's just the normal for us, and so I like, think often we forget that some people are still in that breathing sense, like, some people just found out, or are still trying to figure out what's wrong with their kids, and, you know, it may not be, something as severe as, like, oh, they're going to be in a wheelchair the rest of their life. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's not as sad. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like, I have a lot of friends and their their children are in the process of getting diagnosed with autism or, you know, Bryn has some friends that, like I said, get life-lighted, like, on occasion. Like, that's, like, the normal for them. So, like, there's such a wide variety that you never really know what people are dealing with and everyone's got something whether that's physical or emotional or you know there's always something that someone is struggling with yeah and so i think just being kind and kind of aware you know i don't think it's that you need to be nosy and be like tell me everything about what's going on but like but just kind of being aware we might not always be able to come to stuff you know what i mean but that doesn't mean don't keep asking You know what I mean? Like, I say no probably five times out of six, just because the logistics of, you know, Bryn sleeps till noon, so I can't come to playgroup at nine, but that doesn't mean we don't want to. You know what I mean? Maybe one day she'll be up early and we'll be able to come. You know, things like that. Like, don't be discouraged or think that I don't want to come because I say no. You know what I mean? A lot of times it's just the, the logistics of it. And then just being kind. Like I said, Bryn doesn't realize that she's different. And we've been very blessed in the fact that people love her. And I think it's because they've grown up with how she is. It didn't just happen. You know what I mean? People are comfortable with her because they've seen her for a long time. Um, and so people are really, really kind. The kids at school are really nice to her. But kids who aren't as severe as Bryn, I don't think, get quite that treatment. Because they're expected, she's expected to not be normal, but a lot of kids out there are still expected to fit, and they might not. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah. So I think just being aware that that people are different, and, you know, just because they're not in a wheelchair, or they are in a wheelchair, doesn't mean, I don't know. And, and I think it's important to teach our kids that, because um, kids aren't mean on purpose they learn to be mean whether that's from us as parents or other kids at school you know what I mean like they're not inherently mean I don't think
0: (laughs) yeah I always hope that I'm teaching my kids to treat others nicely and especially people they see that might be different for one reason or another I'm just always trying to be positive myself and you know tell them to say hi and I don't know as As an outsider, I just, like, sometimes you don't know what to do, but I've kind of learned through the years that, you know, they're just like us and sweet Brynn is so happy and she wants to get to know you just as much as the next girl next to you or boy, you know? Right. So I hope that I can teach my kids well.
1: And I think that's all we can do is try and teach the ones that we're kind of in charge of. Like we're in charge of our kids and we're in charge of ourselves. And, and I think that that's sometimes good enough to just take care of, you know, the people in our circle and and hopefully they take that and go out and make the world great, you know. Mm-hmm. And and you touched a little bit on like saying hi to them. Um, I know a lot of special needs parents, are a little bit apprehensive because kids will walk up and say, well, what's wrong with them or what's wrong with her? And, and that doesn't bother me because I think it's like I said earlier, like they're not inherently mean to be mean. Like that's not what they're, yeah. they're just asking and they don't know how to ask. And, and that's, that's something that I don't think it's ever wrong to go up and say, you know, that maybe not isn't the best way to ask. I don't get offended by it, but I know some parents do because their kids do understand when someone says yeah. what's wrong with you but I think going up and saying hi what's your name your chair is really cool like why are you in your wheelchair you know what I mean things like that that don't necessarily label the person yeah. as broken or wrong but like still caring enough to find out like why you're in a wheelchair or why doesn't she talk Um, things like that and so I don't think it's wrong to teach your kids to ask because I'm more than happy to tell you about her. I'm more than happy to explain to kids, you know, what's different. Because I think that's the only way to learn.
0: Yeah. So. And I like how you expressed like, the questions that you suggest to ask are ones that you could just ask your friend. You can treat them just the same. It's just kind of a different way of perceiving those questions. Right. So is there other people besides you and Justin who are able and know how to help her as well?
1: Yeah. So Be- Brynn was the only grandkid on both sides when she was born. Um, and for, I guess, three years until we had Caitlin. And so we spent a lot of time with our parents and a lot of time with like our siblings and their spouses. And so they've grown up kind of learning how to handle her and how to hold her and how to, you know, take care of things like that. Yeah. Um. We, ha- we don't have a real large circle of people we can leave her with, but we do have both sets of parents and we have trained some siblings on, um, like, how to do her G-tube and how to give her meds and if she has a seizure, what to do and do like that. And so we do have a good support. They'll, I mean, they're so great. They take, they'll even take her like overnight so that we can get away.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Which
1: is a humongous blessing. I mean, even as a parent, it's nice to get away. But when when you're kind of strung out, I guess, on on little sleep and lots of stress, it, it, you need something for you. And that's one thing that I think even as moms, we're just so in involved in our children's lives and in our, you know, family and in our homes that sometimes you just need to take care of you so that you can take care of other people. I love that. And so we are really lucky and I think that's a huge thing that I think finding something that works for you and makes time for you whether that's reading or taking baths or going to a movie once in a while or going out on a date like that's important and that needs to find you need to find a time to do that because if you don't you aren't going to be able to do your best for your kids or for these you know these special kids that um really do take extra I mean I spend more time energy and money on brain than I do my other kids and it's it's not necessarily fair but that's how life is, you know, and, and we try really hard to make sure we make time with each of our other kids so they know they're just as special, but they also have to understand that sometimes it's not fair and not even.
0: Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I like that with our own kids, too. I'm always constantly trying to juggle and figure out how to Meet everyone's needs and well, and my some kids need
1: more at different times, and some kids need you know a little less. Like right now, Caitlin is very independent in that she can play by herself finally, and that is so nice sometimes to be able to have her do that so that I can take care of you know the other two or do the dishes occasionally or the laundry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Parent burnout is a huge thing for special needs parents because they don't have. A support system, um, and I know we've had people in our neighborhood, and we've been around in our neighbors for a little while, but they're, you know, they're starting to, you know, not necessarily take over Bryn, but they'll they'll ask our other kids to come over and play for a little bit, which doesn't take Bryn off of our plates, but it does help us kind of take a little bit of the the stress of other things off. Mm-hmm. And we've gotten in such a such a normal routine with Brynn that, you know, we know, you know, my husband a lot of times will do the night stuff, like the feedings and stuff before she goes to bed, and he'll unplug her um, from her feeding tube and stuff before she, he goes to bed, and then during the day I do, like, the meds at the certain times, like, so we've kind of got a good routine going, but you do, I mean, you have to communicate, like, Justin and I are very on top of each other and what each other needs like if I can tell he needs a break sometimes it's just like okay you need to go do something for you because it it is a lot I mean there's a lot to keep track of and you know and I'm really good at the like logistics of it like making sure all of her meds are measured out and all of like her refills are done and that she has all of her supplies and things like that I'm really good at that kind of stuff. And so we kind of just play on each other's strengths that way. And again, that crosses into regular parenthood. Like he's really, really good at like playing with Mm -hmm. them. (laughs) And I'm really good at taking care of them. (laughs) Well, that's good.
0: (laughs) They need both, right? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Oh, that's great. And you mentioned earlier that sometimes or most of the time you are spending a little bit more money on Brynn because of her situation. And I, that's one thing for me. I just cannot comprehend a financial situation like that. How did you guys do that? Like when you had her at first, you guys were in college. Yeah. And then. (laughs) Yeah. So that is a huge thing.
1: We're really lucky in that my husband has a very good education, um, in a field that he will do fairly well and he you know he doesn't make astronomical amounts of money because he does work for the government but they have Mm -hmm. really good benefits and right now the healthcare system is just like insane (laughs) like I don't know how people do it and and I mean I see the bills that come across our table and we have great insurance but I don't know how people do it with crappy insurance and high deductibles and I don't know how they're doing it. And, you know, you kind of just have to... You know, we went... We had one car until we got to the point where we needed three car seats. Like, we we have a van that is... It has a lift seat so that as she gets bigger, we'll be able to put her in that. And we were able to find, like, some grants through, like, Toyota to do things like that. So, you kind of just hear. From, you know, the the community that I have, I've got like a Facebook group where people bounce ideas off of each other and you've got these parents that have had kids for 25 years ahead of me that, you know, this is what they did with their kid and, and this is how they saved money or they made, you know, this stretch. or And so I think finding somewhere that you can get ideas like that from people is huge. Because it's so expensive. Like you said, you, you just can't comprehend. Like I said, Bryn is very healthy. She's not in and out of the hospital. But some of these kids are, and it, it does, it ruins families, and it's sad. And we're very, very lucky and blessed in the situation we're in. But, I mean, when we were buying a house, it was like we had to find something without stairs. And those houses tend to have more square footage so they're more expensive and there's just a lot of things and then it's like oh okay well now we have to modify it and we have to you know what I mean it's just kind of never ending but you just take it one day at a time and one bill at a time and you kind of just like I said you find tricks and tips and ways to you know we we go without some things and you know I have all girls, so they wear a lot of hand-me-downs. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's great.
1: You just do what you have to do, and and we our date nights are very, very easy. A lot of times we just do stuff either at home or that's free. I mean, we still sometimes feel like we're college students because that's the way we date because we have to. You know what I mean? We don't have money to be going out to dinner or paying for babysitters or, you know, if we could find babysitters beyond our family. You know what I mean? Like So stuff like that, like... You kind of just, you learn the ins and outs and the rest you kind of just have to go without or change.
0: I love it how you guys still make time for date nights and you realize that it's still important to make time for yourself. Yeah. Just because that's how life is, right? whether you're taking care of a precious child.
1: Yeah, it sounds selfish, but you totally have to because you can't take care of them if you're run down and ragged. And so.
0: you take one day at a time, just like you said.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think for anyone, I have days where I'm just making it through the day and am grateful for the next morning to come.
1: And sometimes that's okay. And that's, all that needs to happen
0: (laughs) (laughs) well it sounds like you guys have a lot of friends and support and I know you have family support so I'm so glad that you guys have that because it sounds like it's a very important thing I guess it's important for any life situation right
1: (laughs) right and and you know that's that's the tricky thing is like we're so different and we have this big thing in our lives that's so bizarre and you know you know not everyone understands it and it's foreign to them But really, I mean, we just are like everyone else. We just have, you know, everyone has something, like I said earlier, you know, whether that's an emotional side to it or, you know, maybe they're really strapped for money or, you know, maybe dad, like my growing up, my dad was gone a lot for work. And so my mom was kind of like a single mom, look at these single parents, like, that's a huge, huge, you know, weight on your shoulders. And so, you know... (laughs) we're different but we're not that different we just it just manifests itself in a unique way
0: you understand your challenges and someone else might not but you might not understand what they're going through so
1: everyone wants to connect with someone and I think that's why we always find the similarities is because you want to feel validated in the fact that you know what you're dealing with is important because it is Mm -hmm. it's your life and it's a huge part of what, you know, what makes you, you. Yep.
0: So, and that's why I started this. So everyone had a chance and so I could become aware and so we could all get together and just understand a little bit more fully what we're all going through, you know?
1: And I love that. I love, I love following the Instagram. I have a friend on Instagram that she does self care and how it pulled her out of depression to, like, be the best. And that's where I get a lot of this is that, like, being the best you makes you the best whatever you need to be. Whether that's mom, a wife, a, you know, a co-worker, whatever. Yeah. And I love that there's people out there willing to speak up and tell these stories because they're important and everyone's important. and And I love listening to things and being like, yes, that's exactly what it's like. You know what I mean? So...
0: Even though it's not the same situation, you can relate to tidbits and be there to support right. and encourage. So, yeah. Yep. And you're never alone. Well, thanks so much for sharing. And you'll have to tell Bryn hi for me.
1: I will. And The rest of your
0: keep family. <laughs> Is there anything else you didn't get to share that you wanted to?
1: No, I think I think that's it. Like I said, just being kind is probably the biggest thing. If you're kind,
0: you're never going to be wrong. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you guys, there you have it. The first podcast back in the saddle after my sweet baby was born. And sometimes it's not easy to get back in the saddle. You're trying to re-figure things out. And sometimes that's just how it has to be. So thank you so much for coming and listening. And if you know anyone that has an inspirational story... has made an impact in your life or their own life, please let them know about this podcast and I would love to connect with them. So go out, be great, be kind. I have a feeling that that's going to be the magic words, right? Hope you are strengthened. Hope you can find ways to strengthen others this week and I will talk to you later.